0: You are listening to the Happier at Work podcast, and I'm your host, Aoife O'Brien. This is the podcast for HR and business leaders. We talk about things like leadership, well-being at work, diversity and inclusion, and the future of work. I wanted to share a bit of a backstory about today's guest. Now, a previous guest of mine on the podcast, Karen Tischler, sent me on a German podcast that she had listened to that Lassa was on and speaking about the five hour work day and she sent me this podcast and i listened to it and i won't say that i understood absolutely everything but i got the main gist of what they were talking about and i could really get behind the ideas so i reached out to lassa to invite him to be on the podcast and so the conversation that follows is what came as a result of that and as you can imagine, we talk about lots of things that relate to productivity and how do you actually achieve a five-hour workday, especially given the circumstances that we are currently in and the disturbances that happen throughout the day, you know, how how do you actually cope with that? And really, you know, he shares some really great insights around the kinds of things that we should be focusing on, how to avoid some of those disruptions and some of the boundaries that you should put in place in order to really achieve that. So I really... Hope you enjoy the conversation today with Lasse Reingens. Welcome Lasse to the Happier at Work podcast all the way from Bielefeld in Germany. You're very welcome on the podcast today.
1: Thank you that I have the chance to be here.
0: It's great. So can you, would you like to introduce yourself and t- tell us a little bit about your background and and how you got to where you are today?
1: I can try. <laughs> I can try and start. Um, <laughs> I was born and raised in Bielefeld in Germany, so I'm, apparently I'm German, um, lived in England for a year during school, like 11th grade, um, exchange program, uh, moved to Munich to study media production, and then ran away from Germany to move to Australia, where I lived for almost two years, and came back to Germany in 2004 to study interdisciplinary media studies, uh got my master's degree in 2006 and directly after that started my own company, a digital agency, where we actually uh, did consulting regarding digital strategies, business models and developed platforms like international corporate websites, e-commerce businesses, etc. Um, when we hit the mark of like 40 or 50 employees, I decided to quit because I got married in in the meantime and had kids and uh, things and life just happened and I realized that there should be something else besides working as the boss of 40, 50 employees all the time, not seeing uh, much different other things so I decided to quit and um, sat in my garden and uh, reminiscing about the good old times and what life is all about and decided when I Start working again. I plan to have a little break from work for a couple of weeks or month. Um, so I decide. Or I thought about how what really drives me and what is uh, how I would like to work in the future. So the next day, uh, I was <laughs> up for new things. The break didn't take or yeah, I, I didn't uh, give me a break of more than a couple of days. And I really decided I would like to work differently. So I read about different approaches, the new work movement, etc. and um, came across the 5-Hour the, the Workday book from Stephen Astor from the States. He is a, a surfboard producer-manufacturer and he wrote a book about the 5-Hour Workday and many interesting aspects in this book hit me and I uh, thought, hey, this some of this is a good idea, why not try to implement it in the consulting business? Um, So what happened then is I had the chance to buy an existing agency here in Bielefeld with 12 employees and was totally convinced that I would like to try this new approach to work with a new team that actually didn't know me at all. I was the strange new Mm -hmm. boss with crazy ideas uh, and asked them if they would like to take part in this experiment of working like less, working five hours instead of eight uh, while having the same salary and the, the, the same holiday entitlements and yeah, they were co- they were irritated at first they they, they, tr- they asked themselves if I would test them or their motivation test their motivation, uh, but then I, I, I reassured them that I was um, being serious and so we started the five-hour workday in Germany in November 2017 And that actually, three years later, brought me into your podcast, (laughs) which is great.
0: (laughs) Great. And yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of a random connection here that a a lady who is German, but who lives in Canada, recommended that I listen to a podcast in German (laughs) that you were on (laughs) recently. Now, I I won't claim to understand every single word that was said, but I do. uh, I have studied German before, so I understood a a good significant portion of it let's say Uh, and I really liked what you had to say about this you know it's it's a really interesting concept and I suppose I'd love to to understand more about your employees when you suggested this like what were the big challenges what did they face you were were saying something about um maybe it's they were you they perceived that you were testing their motivation for example was there any other Challenges that you you had when it came to reducing work hours.
1: Um, yes, I mean many many of those employees were working really hard before changing this work hour concept to the five hour workday, and they were very much irritated about the how, how should they do this? And they came up to me saying, "Lasse, I will work really hard, very concentrated for eight or ten hours." how the hell should I reduce ours? So what we did is um, we gathered in our conference room and just had an open discussion about our processes and tools we use that actually um, which get us out of the flow, this, this good work process. It's Like, for example, uh, colleagues coming up to your desk asking how how you were or whatever. Or like Facebook messages, WhatsApp messages, all the notifications from different apps, emails, etc. Or the um, interruptions where people need help straight away, quickly. That always gets you out of your concentration flow zone, the deep work that you were into. And studies show that actually every little interruption costs you at least 15 minutes. Because you you need those 15 minutes to get back on track, back mm-hmm. where you were, back on the focus level where you were. And we uh, discussed for a couple of hours, really. We sat here and had the whiteboard full of ideas and things that have annoyed us recently or that really, um, when you look at your like company, and I'm pretty sure that any employee have different or various ideas where to improve things and processes, yeah, you know, all those thing, yeah. I'm 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 not sure if we if we in Germany are really bad in f- using the fax machine but I have read a study that almost 80% of the German companies uh, they use fax machines for frequently.
2: Wow. And
1: we, it's <laughs> it's 2020 now and this yeah, really yeah. the, the fax should be dead really yeah, yeah, or absolutely. like all those those massive excel sheets being sent out and returned via email. And it's really it's not good and everyone knows it. And yeah. it's just we had we had I, I opened up the space of discussing these things and we had really a whiteboard full of good ideas how to improve the work process. And alone those processes or even hardware issues, like where you don't have a headset but you talk on the phone all the time and can't really use the keyboard then because your hand holds the, the, the telephone. Um <laughs> This is bad. And it's, so, yeah. it's, it's a lot of simple things that helped us reduce distraction and processes that took too much time. And that's the one hand. It's a process thing. It's a technology thing. The other one was, and I think that's an even bigger one, it's a cultural aspects. It's um, how do people feel? How do you communicate with each other? How is your relationship with um, people you work with? how is leadership or what how does it feel working here and are people do feel uh, do, do people feel safe for example and that's an even bigger uh, bigger thing if you look into that all the um skills the people have when it comes to mindfulness for example how do you feel today can you deliver good work or should you use this day as uh, like the Uh, organizing things that you don't really need to be very concentrated or very like uh, very motivated we all I mean there are lots of tasks that don't uh, require so much brain (laughs) for example and it's a lot of different things and um, like some rules that you have to discuss as a team and decide on as a team um, of how to improve the work and I think in the end having this three hour less time doesn't make such a difference because imagine your lunch break, for example, at one o'clock you go out to the local Italian restaurant, have nice pasta with frutti di mare or whatever and come back and what happens then? You can't work because you're just in your, we call it pasta coma Yeah, Uh, yeah.
0: it takes takes some time or pasta coma, Yeah. Yeah. either works you
1: see, Yeah. everyone knows it and that's actually uh, I think that's the moment when people suddenly uh, find themselves on Facebook or on mm. newspapers, like on news, news magazine websites. Yeah. And I think it's it's not much productivity uh, lost there if you just skip this hour. Uh, so actually, I think we are on the on the paper. We we talk about three hours that are missing, but I think it's way less. And there there was a study in Britain, I think. Um, where some, I think it was a Voucher Cloud, I don't know if you know it, but Voucher Cloud had had, had a study regarding the productive work hours we have in an eight-hour workday, and they concluded that we actually only have two and a half hours or 2.6 2. hours mm. of productive work time in an eight-hour day. So nobody should believe that we really do work for eight hours a day, especially when you look at the difference that work has seen or how work has changed over the last decades, uh, that it's actually went from repetitive industrial work to creative individual process work. And I yeah. think uh, it's, it's it's very demanding. It's very demanding and people just can't do that. I'm not saying that you don't sometimes have have days where you can really... come up with great ideas for like 12 hours straight Mm. depending on your motivation level but I think it's not the rule and everyone knows it and everyone uh, look at the private and personal things like organizing a new passport organizing your kids Mm. uh, dentist appointments etc when should you actually do that when you work from like eight in the morning till six in the afternoon Mm. There's just no time. So people had or have to squeeze it in into their work life.
2: Yeah. And
1: all these topics that you bring into your office or into your work time schedule, uh, they, yeah, they take some energy of you.
2: Mm. And
1: imagine if you have like the five-hour workday and you know you can do that every afternoon of every way, uh, day in the week. People are more at work Without distractions of their personal issues yeah that does does that make sense that
0: makes <laughs> I'm still no, German. Makes, I hope that
1: you can understand me <laughs> <laughs>
0: that makes absolute total sense um you know i and what you said about so previously people were working in factories and everything was very process driven from from a mechanical perspective let's say but nowadays it's all about knowledge work and it's people's brain power that needs to be used and and really being able to get the most out of people. So, you know, that one hour after you have your fruity de mare or whatever from your local uh, restaurant <laughs> and you're you're in a food coma after lunch, like it it makes total sense. I can I can certainly relate to it, Um, you know, from when you have if you have a big lunch at lunchtime and then you're just really tired for the afternoon and and I have read before about it's really understanding yourself and how you work personally. And you know, are there certain days of the week that work better for client meetings, for example? Versus, I was going to say something about catching up on emails, but we'll talk about emails maybe in separately because that, like, to me, emails. Yeah, we'll we'll, t- we'll talk about that separately. But like, there there are days when you can do, say, admin that you that needs to be caught up on versus having client meetings versus doing that really deep thinking work that I know mm. we've spoken about before. Um, you know from cal newport and, and his book about deep work Um maybe you know it, uh, is it a case that when people if someone decides that they want to do this and it's really about putting the focus back on the outcomes that you want as a business and having that discussion with your team like what are all the things that get in the way so there's you know, you have maybe an afternoon slump, you decide to look on Facebook, you decide to check your WhatsApp messaging, messenger, all of that kind of stuff. But then you make an active decision, I I presume, to get rid of all of those distractions so that you have five hours of solid, focused work without distractions. So can you talk me through a little bit more about how that works, like the practicalities of implementing a five-hour workday?
1: Yeah, um, we had... What I said earlier, we had this discussion here in our conference room and we came up with a lot of rules that we wanted to stick to, really. And it's a lot of self-organization skills that everyone needs. And we had uh, every quarter of the year we had a supervision as a team where we really openly discussed our effectiveness or our success in this Mm. process. And sometimes we had to change rules. But we always came or we we always experienced that it is so dependent on the individual skill of how my colleagues and I can actually organize ourselves and how we can prioritize tasks. So what we do, like very practically, we have an early stand-up meeting. We used to have it every day and then we realized, no, this is too often this t- takes too much time even if it's very very short we yeah. definitely uh, we, we shortened all the meetings Like normally people set up a meeting and the regular meeting length is one hour yeah. and it, there are so many meetings with people invited that don't have anything to say or they just <laughs> take part but yeah. they don't have real like they, they, they don't make sense in that meeting yeah um, but there's no, so what there's we no kind of is,
0: preparation you know, from them in advance of the meeting exactly. and they don't have any actions to take away as a result of the meeting, you know, and, and exactly. you, you might've heard this before. We're like this, this, meeting could have been an email. Essentially. Exactly, yeah.
1: Yeah. Exa- yes. And there are so many meetings that are too long and they don't have an agenda and they invite all the people. It's like emails being sent to 20 people in CC. It just yeah. doesn't make sense that it steals a lot of time. So we have various rules that actually try to uh, regulate those strange and not needed processes um, so we had this, uh, this daily stand-up we now just have it on Monday where mm-hmm. everyone says or well, where everyone talks about the, the targets or the, the issues they have in that week and how it's mm-hmm. organized and where they might need help from other people so it's very compact it's very, it's, it takes like 15 minutes and everyone yeah. is set um, of course we have digital tools, we have JIRA and we have like all thousands of tools we, because we can <laughs> actually use them and tools we don't have or that don't exist, we build them ourselves, we have tools okay. built it for ourselves or build for ourselves that speed up things like all the um, what is it, uh, the bills we write to our clients, of course mm-hmm. they are highly automated and of course they do uh, they will be sent to the, to the bank and all the Uh, people that need it so it's no manual work involved everything that is actually possible to automize it's being automized Um, in this very practical approach we we start the monday morning at eight there's the team stand up and everyone knows what to do and then they uh, say goodbye and dive into their own flow and work it's quite easy and sometimes of course we have slots or we have Uh, tools like Microsoft Teams, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, And normally it's a lot of chatting going on there in regular companies that work all day. And we really try to reduce it to yes or no questions. And we really are strict with like distracting other people because we know that we steal the possibility of having a five-hour workday from them if we annoy them with questions that, can be solved by, by themselves, for example. Yeah. Um, I mean, right, right now in Corona times, it's totally different because no one is in the office besides me right now. Um, and we are all at home and some have kids and we, we should be like honest about it. It's not possible if you have kids work at home and have to homeschool your kids to work. Mm. And, and people, people try to, to tell us that it's possible, but no, it's not possible. Let's be honest. And a colleague of mine with two little kids came up to me and said, Lasse, it's, I'm, I'm not, I don't know how to actually work for five hours a day because I have two little kids. My husband works for the government and he's away all the time. Mm. I have no idea how to do it. And I, I could have answered, yeah, it's your, extra, it, it's your obligation to do it. Uh, whatever you do, work for five hours. But I know with this force it doesn't lead us anywhere. Yeah. Even if, if I force her to work for five hours, it will not work out. So I told her, yeah, you can see what you can do. Yeah. And in the end, she will find fra- faces where the kids are asleep or whatever, and she is happy about it, to be so safe in this environment and working with me, um, that she can actually work a lot more than, on the other hand side, feel like she should be working but can't work really and is totally like um, insecure and unhappy. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Coming back to the, the practical approach, we, have, uh, we had the idea of having a little college blog where you can write down your daily priorities. It's just five steps, so five things you have to do on this day. And one thing is check emails at 8.30. Just organize mm. your email box and then close your, your email program. Because emails are not important. Yeah. Close, open open up your email just before you leave office to organize your next day. Yeah. And we have this rule that is very practical. Never ever have an appointment set up on the same day. Yeah. It's always for tomorrow. And I think it's it's such a simple rule, but it's very powerful. Because when I get up, for example, in the morning, I structure my day. And I'm... I, it's really hard for me because i have so many different things coming up out of nowhere every day but um structuring your day and prioritizing things helps you so much yeah and i think people especially in this corona crisis so many people don't structure themselves and are just being or i don't know the the english word but uh uh driven by actions rather than thoughts you know is that they just run with no real uh, oh, target yeah, okay. or no real aim. Yeah, no clear, um, and without like to thinking.
0: me Yeah, to me that means like you're you're um you're, you're kind of acting without a clear vision on what it is that you're trying to achieve. So you're kind of running without exactly. that, that clear vision but also kind of drilling a bit deeper into what you were saying if you allow other people to book in time into your calendar without managing it, effectively then you are giving your time away to other people and you know exactly. then you're you're kind of doing things on their terms rather than on your own terms especially in this this idea of the same day thing I tend to not allow meetings in the same week actually so I'll plan wow. things a week <laughs> in advance mm. and I you know maybe it's mm. it's the pace of change in, in the type of industry that you work in Lassa Um but for me you know it'll be i'm looking at next week now to to arrange meetings and sometimes two weeks in advance Mm. as well because i don't i you know i've done it in the past where you allow people to to book in meetings sort of straight away there are obviously some exceptions um but Mm. for the most part it'll be a week or a couple of weeks in advance yeah yeah
1: which is a good good thing because when you look at the numbers of um Mental diseases or illnesses right now, they're, they're increasing exponentially over the yeah. last 10 years. Like every year, the burnout rates, the, the mental breakdowns, they are increasing, especially right now. In Germany, I think there was a study recently, like a week or so ago, um, 70% of the Germans feel depressed or rather depressed. Yeah. Yeah. Right now, because of Corona, mm. yeah. all, the social distancing, I think it's a lot of things that have to be uh, therapised. Therapised? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, many people <laughs> shouldn't should, new... should need therapy. Yeah. yeah, definitely. And, <laughs> yes. and
0: I, I don't even think we're seeing the full impact of it yet. I think it's going to take a few years before we really see the full impact of, of social isolation you know, not being able to see other people for me. I know like Mm. I'm not thinking about it so much now, but maybe in a few years time, I'll look back and be like, wow, that had a huge impact on me and Mm. my own mental well-being. Um, So, yeah, Mm. it's it's really interesting about what's going to happen. And and if Mm. if not managing yourself and managing your day effectively is going to have an even greater impact on your ability to, to kind of manage yourself. As well.
1: Yes, and I think um, coming back to this appointment making of tomorrow or next week <laughs> and so yeah. on, what happens to the people that are actually uh, being invited to those appointments? They lose the power about their time. What you just said. Yeah. And I think when you're just a piece of uh, rubber being thrown around every time, every day. You feel helpless and you don't yeah. feel empowered to do things, and that makes you feel bad. And your podcast is called "Happier at Work." Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> uh, one thing is give people the chance to actually, um, yeah, <laughs> own their time again. Yeah, you know? and yeah, and this is actually when you when we look at work uh, in the in, in the industrial age, people were a number and they stood at some production site or line, assembly line, and did the same thing over and over again. But they knew it. And I think this is a time where work-life balance, the term, was coined because yeah. it was so different. Your, your life was full of things worth living and your yeah. work was bad and uh, you just had to do it because you needed the food or the money. And right now it's totally different because many people in my team and in other teams, they do something for work. Um, that they really love, yeah. you know, where they where they where they really um, enjoy being, and it's so different. For, so so different, difficult for me when people ask me, "Hey, how, how many hours a day do you really work?" Now it doesn't look like you work for five hours, and I often think, "Yeah, but what exactly is work?" Because some things, mm-hmm. like our talk or discussion here, is this work? No, it's fun. It's great. Right. And yeah, I, like, exactly. I like talking about it. <laughs> yes, and when I'm on the stage somewhere for some keynote, or when I, when I'm when I'm being interviewed, is it work? I don't know. Or when I read a magazine about the future of work or something, it's, it doesn't feel like work. It feels mm-hmm. like it gives me energy back. So we have to, the, we have to stop talking about the work life uh, balance. Yeah, I think we have to see where people actually can be happy and what do they need and what different aspects do they need. Yeah. And so I think, um, yeah. yeah, yes, this was uh, my <laughs> idea. Yeah, yeah.
0: No, that, that I mean, I've heard other people calling, referring to it as the work-life blend and a lady who yes. was on the, the podcast last year talking about happiness at work, she, she shared the term work-life harmony. Now I was kind of talking about this blended approach and she said work-life mm. harmony. And I thought, wow, OK, I'm going to use that from now on because it is exactly mm. that. It's how do you harmonize between work and, and life? It's, it's finding, I, I don't want to say finding mm. that balance because that sounds like a balancing act. It sounds like something that's quite difficult. Mm. You know, you've got too much on your plate, things like that. But it's more about mm. how to integrate both aspects because they're all part of your your whole life.
1: Mm. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, um, and when we talk about this harmony or the happiness, um, all the company, all, all the businesses, they think, hey, we need to be innovative, we need to be faster or agile, etc. Yeah. And I came across some articles from neuroscience and I read about the model of, what was the name of this model in English? Um, doesn't matter, the outcome is when people don't feel happy or when they feel insecure yeah they can not be innovative because their body or brain is in this mode of uh, what is it f- flight freeze or flight no oh yeah uh, uh, fight, uh, fight flight or freeze f- f- yeah, yes 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 fight yeah. flight or freeze and the studies have shown that when you're in this first um status the f- fight of of, of flea uh, mode then you have like forty percent less brain capacity because yeah. your 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 complete organism is um, so aware of what could happen that you can you can't work really creatively or yeah you can't you, you can't be socially interactive with people and this is yeah the irony is that I think that is um, the basic. Uh, like status in most of the companies because bosses scream at other employees and you don't feel secure and Mm. it's a very unsecure uh, environment and I think this is something where we really have to work on and that led me to the idea of implementing an an happiness index in our company we're not there yet Mm. but I think it's a big thing to not only for me as the boss to see how happy are we but also for the employees because not many actually reflect on how they feel. Mm. Just a few people reflect on how do I feel today and how was the interaction with my, uh, with my colleague or the client or how did I feel about this particular job or this task. Um, and I think we can learn a lot from this and there's a lot of potential in this information if we try to gather it somehow.
2: It's very complex,
1: but I think it's a good approach or a good way to go if you want to be um, like a sustainable company that actually um, is innovative or opens opens for innovation.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, that that sounds like a great approach. And I mean, does it really boil down to individuals reflecting on how they feel at a given time? And are they inputting that into some sort of software or something or how does that actually work?
1: Yeah, it's it's it, it has to be very simple to use. Yeah. And what I thought is um, maybe we just release it as an open source microservice kind of thing yeah. where actually you can integrate it into your time tracking software, for example. We yeah. have time tracking on projects yeah. where you can really track your different tasks. And it would be so nice if sometimes you can just have a little pop-up asking you, hey, on a scale from one to five, was it good or was it bad? Yeah. Just very, very quick interaction. And yeah. it doesn't have to be too scientific. It just needs to be pragmatic yeah. for people to just for a second hold and think about, hey, how was it? Yeah, it was shit. Damn it. <laughs> or it was great. I, like, yeah. I, I loved it. So you can yeah. really see if people are in the right place. You know? yeah. uh, how, if, if you have the, the people that, you, that are working for you at the right task. Or yeah. perhaps they need to change within the company and I think yeah. there's a lot of information to get out of this and I think most of the people are socialized in a way that work is bad in yeah, some sort absolutely. and you don't yeah, have yeah. to reflect on how it is yeah. and I think that time is over and we need to yeah. give people the choice or the people the ability and that's actually uh, the reason for me that we employed a yoga teacher in our team every monday not in corona times again but normally every monday at 1 p.m we yeah. had a yoga class all, all together which is yeah. which was great and i'm very much looking forward to it to to have it back here in our office because it helped so many of my colleagues most of them are software developers like people you don't see on a yoga mat yeah <laughs> like in your in your in your mind uh, but it helps them so much to actually yeah. feel themselves and consider if they are good or in a bad shape
0: yeah that's brilliant yeah. i really really like that approach um i'd love to to come back to this concept of email i did read uh, you shared with me an article from um the dropbox blog all about your approach in your company and it was interesting to see and i i maybe I was going to say I hadn't really thought about it, but I probably had thought about this before. But basically, that email is a waste of time, you know, and it's we tend to use email as a way of managing our tasks, of managing what it is that we're we're trying to do when actually that's not that's not the kind of approach that email should be used for. So when you say that you check your emails at 8 30 in the morning and then you you check them again in the afternoon before you shut down for the day can you talk to me a little bit more about how you use email and how it should be used versus how it shouldn't and any tips or guidelines around how best to use it
1: okay um it depends with whom you communicate obviously but Mm -hmm. Within our team, we don't e- do emails at all anymore because yeah, we use okay. Teams and we have we have thousand different tools like tickets and project management software and etc. Um, but often clients in the beginning of our work with them tend to send emails or tend to call us. And yeah. this is also something we have actually stopped having a phone here you can't reach us by phone you can reach our uh, message system okay. and you will you will hear back from us <laughs> so we actually train our clients let's be better in our work to yeah. all together um, when we get emails actually the email is the to-do list of somebody else yeah <laughs> they just throw an email at you and
2: yeah.
1: like they they check their box. i have done this uh, and your inbox gets bigger and bigger yeah. um Sometimes I don't know. It's it's a hard question. How do you use emails? Yeah, sometimes I use emails to write <laughs> to send some little PDF files to anyone who, who needs it. Yeah. Um but I think email for us it's it's getting less and less.
0: Yeah. I think I think you've nearly own, answered and yeah. I think you've nearly answered that question there. I like what you have to say, like it is someone else's to-do list. And I'm guilty of this myself. If I send an email I kind of nearly expect a response rather than thinking, oh, I need to follow up on that because that takes up more mental space in my head or that adds to my to-do list that I need to, it's one more thing that I need to follow up on. Hmm. But uh, yeah, like, so it's someone else's to-do list and how you can avoid using emails is have project management software and whether you use that with your clients as well as internally. I think it's important to have those hmm. types of tools and use that instead of using your emails as <laughs> your inbox.
1: Yes, and then we come back to um, structuring your day in the beginning of the day, in the morning, because yeah. I think life gets faster every day and mm. it gets more complex every day. Business models are being disrupted every day. Like you look at Airbnb for hotels or Uber for taxi drivers, etc. Um, and I think even the jobs, you don't often you don't know what expects you a day, so you need the tasks that you know about, you need to have them properly structured every morning, and then you have the email phase in the morning, and some of it might be important the rest might be rescheduled for some year in the future and some just gets deleted Um, but then you can really look at your list that you have already, put the really important stuff in there also and then you have a complete list of your day, and very often, um, you can I- I just try it out. Very often, your day is suddenly empty at twelve or eleven yeah. because you had the structure, and it's it's such an easy tool to just prioritize. Mm. You might have heard from the um, these this what is it the Eisenhower Matrix,
2: oh, important, yes. non
1: important, yeah. urgent, non urgent, urgent. Yes, and so yeah. many things that you really think you have to be doing of neither important nor urgent so you yes. can just delete it it's just not it's 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 somebody else's to-do list yeah delete it just ignore it yeah really exactly and then you again come back to the personal individual skills in organizing themselves mm. and so often people are very un- I, I don't blame them it's just normal yeah. because life has changed and we haven't find the right tools or methods to actually cope with it.
2: Yeah. I just Is look it... at
1: all the communication channels you, you have. Yeah. You have like a Twitter, WhatsApp, Instagram, Snapchat. Yeah. It's a TikTok, thousands. Of, and yes. I really, I, I I often find myself communicating with my daughter, for example, on like three different channels, in Instagram, WhatsApp, email, whatever. And yeah. it's really, it messes up our brain. And we have yeah. to be careful. And we have to realize it even the... The usage of smartphones. I don't know about you, but I know about about my usage and it's terrible. I hate my smartphone. Yeah. Still, I'm so addicted to it. I use it yeah. all the time. And this yes, of rich. course, it helps us. It's, yeah. it's great. It's a great tool. But we haven't um, found out or we're not talking about how addictive this is. Yeah. There's a great video about the millennial question by Simon Sinek. I can really recommend it to anyone. It's a 12-minute talk from Simon Sinek about the millennial question, and he talks about smartphone usage. Terrible. Uh, lo- watch it and mm, feel bad. <laughs> but it's <laughs> good. It's eye-opening. I can
0: add that into yeah. the show notes so people can uh, can mm. have a look at that. But it's interesting what you were saying about like helping people really to organize themselves, and maybe it's it's taking a good hard look at ourselves and taking personal responsibility for how we manage our time rather than relying on, oh, let's see who sent me an email now and being really reactive rather than taking personal responsibility and being proactive. And, you know, I've got my, my phone here. So it's, you know, I'm, it's, what do they say? Technology is a, um, Something about a slave and a master, or something like that. Like it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's really great to use it for what it's really good for, but you can become a total other mm. slave to it. So it's it's understanding that about yourself as well. So what is it? Use it for what it's supposed to be used for, and don't use it for what mm. it's not supposed to be used for. I suppose. Yes. Um, yes. You mentioned earlier about clients, so I suppose we're coming up towards the the end of the podcast now. I'd love to know more about. How do your clients react to this? And you know, if you're saying, "Well, we don't have a phone in the office anymore," which I think is a it's a great idea, um, you know. And if, if clients are not able to access you through email from say from the start of the day to the end of the day, uh, how how do you manage your clients? Or or you know, for anyone out there who's listening, who's like, "This would never work for me," because ideal clients all the time and they need urgent answers etc etc so what what would be your advice for them
1: yes your sentence they need urgent answers (laughs) suddenly everything everything is everything is super urgent yeah but if you look at it it's don't it's not you know and what we do we have a lot of project business or consulting business with really very clear appointments and we have very clear targets yeah. and we uh, we have a very clear project plan and great project management uh, there's no real need of really urgently talk to us yeah we can uh, we can have an appointment set up and then we are very happy to talk with clients on the phone or via skype zoom or teams yeah. but very often there's no need in interrupting our work because we want to deliver high quality best work in the world for them and this is what we do and this is what they want actually and this is what they get actually when they mm, uh, leave us alone (laughs) while we are working
0: If I could describe it in this way, that that um, that you're setting really clear boundaries for your clients and you're sticking to them. And as a result of having those clear boundaries for them, they're getting much higher quality work because you have these chunks of time in which you can be really focused and deliver really great work by getting into flow and all of that great stuff that you're not being distracted by social media. You're not being distracted by emails, by phone calls, by colleagues interrupting you all of that kind of stuff has been taken off the table which gives people the opportunity to really get deep into their work
1: exactly and be very present in what you are doing yeah. right now yeah and this is good for us and good for them and our clients they didn't leave us after starting the five-hour workday. they really like the idea and are still our clients and are still in, in love with our work what we do for them yeah. and we love them and yeah. it's all great um, Yes, and it's just really, again, they also have to reflect if it's really urgent. And so often, no, it's not really urgent. It's something they are afraid sometimes and want to talk to us about it, but it's not needed really. So, um, yes, I mean, there are, of course, there are emergencies. We uh, actually have, like, companies doing e-commerce on a large scale, and it's about hundreds of thousand euros if they are, like, offline, for example. Yeah. And, of course, most of them, they have my mobile number or my colleague's mobile number. They can reach us. And we yeah. have a ticket system, a support ticket system, hmm. that some people, they share the, the um, what is it, the mobile the support mobile desk, for, for example. And we, we do see this. If something happens, we are there. Hmm. It's not something that we just say, hey, goodbye, we're not, we're, it's after one, sorry. Um, and it's a funny thing also, when your colleagues work from eight to one, the acceptance of overtime work sometimes in a month, like once a month or once a, a quarter, um, it's quite high because yeah. they have the ability of a great life-work harmony. Yeah. Uh, so when something happens at some day, it's okay, because we don't want to uh, to to leave our clients in this mess, for example. yeah,
0: because um, you're not doing yeah. it all the time.
1: Exactly. but after yeah. a ten hour work shift, yeah. you really you can't be bothered, and then the boss calls and you just don't reply, which is yeah. totally fine, because you work for ten hours. But in a <laughs> five hour day, it's okay. you know yeah. you have you just you were just too, with outside with your kids. And then uh, there's a problem. Yeah, I've just I just fix it. It's not problem. Yeah, it doesn't happen often, but it ho- it happens every now and then, and then yeah. it's okay.
0: Um, can we, just in terms of bringing it full circle? You mentioned at the beginning that there were some individuals who were like, "Listen, Lassa, I work really focused and really long hours at the moment. There's no way I can bring that back to five hours. Like, how did how did you overcome that? particular scenario or you know did that happen with a few people
1: um this particular scenario was one colleague of mine and he was totally overworked like he he needed he needed more colleagues Uh, but you have some people that so i actually i did employ more people in 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 his area um and some people or some listeners might now be saying oh yeah so you need more people for the five-hour workday no that's not the case Mm -hmm. it was just it, it it was not visible that he was totally overworked. Okay. And I think, I think he would have like, uh, fallen apart or b- b- would have been burnt out yeah. quite uh, shortly afterwards. Um, but the five-hour workday, it was like a, like a, um, like a lens, like a multi-magnifying glass yeah. of all the things that don't work really okay. well. Processes yeah, yeah. that don't work well and uh, like those overworked people... And when you reduce it by three hours, you can't manage to get around the obstacles like you yeah. are, like you can in the eight hour workday. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah that was very obvious that he really, he, he did too much, way too much. Okay. And uh, so we, we employed more people in that yeah. in that part, which is totally fine.
0: Yeah. I suppose, I mean, the lesson yeah. really is that as a business owner, it's, it's looking at how do you do things whether you decide to go for a five hour workday or not, it's, it's really looking closely at how things are done and do you need extra support in what areas and how can we as a business be more efficient by planning our, our days better, by planning our weeks better, by not using email constantly as our inbox, by not necessarily responding to these urgent requests that people have. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's kind of a it's a good lesson in in. Just carrying that out, whether you go on to do a five-hour workday or not, is is kind of is different a different approach.
1: Yeah, and start an, start an open discussion about the culture or the yeah. the future. Where where would we? Uh, how would we like to work? Yeah. And actually, it's just looking at the reality. How is life right now? Yeah, it's very stressful for all of us. Yeah. it's packed with so many things. And still, we or most companies work the same way they worked in the 70s. Yeah. And it's just nobody can actually cope with it. And uh, many leaders or many managers or like top managers from German companies, they wrote me lots of like comments and emails thanking me for bringing this forward because they are all out of power. They can't do anything anymore. They are so yeah. fed up with how it is. And yeah. I think. If people or business owners are being brutally honest to themselves, they can feel that this is wrong. Yeah. Business is wrong. We need to readjust or reshape business. Yes. And uh, I, I'm quite happy that we actually, like, were so trending in the press mm. because if you hear about a story that's, that that it works out, it's it's just it opens up the way of thinking to yeah. to just. Uh, more possibilities and I hope that many people just try it and experiment with it.
0: Yeah, it creates the more people that have success with this, the more people that hear about this, the more possibilities, like you say, it opens for them to to consider, well, maybe the way we work needs to actually change. Um, So, Lasse, the the question I ask everyone who comes on the podcast is what makes you happier at work?
1: Actually, Hmm, yeah, it's it's a very tough question, but I think what makes me happy is seeing my colleagues being happy. Okay, really, yeah. I would, I really enjoy or feel happiness when I, as a workplace, have space for them to really uh, outperform themselves. You know, like like letting their own boundaries behind them and yeah. get better and bigger. And I have seen people leave my company. Because they have found out in the five-hour workday, they had so much time to reflect on their life. They have found out they need to do something else. Yeah. And many business owners say, oh, that's very bad. You lose so many good thing, uh, good people. Yes, yeah, it's true. But I'm so happy because I gave them the chance to see what they really, really want. Yeah. And so they left the company and are way happier now. And that makes me, actually, that makes me happy. It's yeah. great.
0: Yeah, no, it's a really nice approach. It's a really people-focused approach, I think. And if people want to reach out to you, if they want to find a bit more about the five-hour workday, what is the best way they can do that?
1: Uh, They can connect on LinkedIn, on Facebook, and whatever, and wherever, and they can have a look at our website. We have all the press articles in any language, I think, uh, on our website. So if they have a couple of times, quarantine time, (laughs) they can read through all the articles. I wrote a book, which is just available in in German, um, unfortunately, but they can just reach out. Yeah, hopefully
0: we get a, a translation soon
1: yeah let's see I don't know maybe maybe I write another book in French or English <laughs> there I don't you know go.
0: <laughs> <laughs> perfect great. great thank you so much for your time today um I just I loved sharing all of these ideas yeah. about the future of work and and what you know what the what does the future hold and what possibilities are out there and I think this is definitely yeah. one of those possibilities so thank you so much great. for your time today
1: yeah thanks for having me thank you
0: Well, this is definitely one of those conversations that warrants input, and I'd love to know your experience. Have you tried anything? previously that Lassa has suggested. Have you tried other things that have worked really well for you? Have you tried things that haven't worked so well? It's an area that I'm hugely interested in is this idea of productivity and really working more towards outcomes rather than measuring productivity in terms of the time that it takes to get things done. So I would love to know your feedback, get involved in the conversation in social media. Probably the best place is over on LinkedIn. You'll find all of my details on the website happieratwork.ie. So I'll recap on some of the key points that were made and some of the practical tips that Lassa shared. So there's some interesting things specifically about automating things. So what can you do to automate some of the processes in your business and using automation and using technology for good rather than being a slave to technology? There is also the cultural aspect of it. So the importance of communication, leadership and creating a psychologically safe environment where people are open to say what's working well and what's maybe not working so well. Think about some of the tasks that require less brain power. So what are some of the routine tasks that you do that maybe require less brain power and do those when you have less energy? One of the key areas I think is around helping people to be more organized and to prioritize better because different people work in different ways and there's no one size fits all but it's helping people to take personal responsibility for how they approach things to understand themselves better and what works for them. Lassa also spoke about some of the rules that they have in place so no distracting other people, no appointments on the same day, taking time to really structure your day and maybe not not giving in to this sense of helplessness or learned helplessness. I like the idea of checking emails only twice a day, so in the morning and also in the evening and not not really being reactive to those emails that come in cuz quite often they're not urgent requests that come in. Another point around this idea of urgency is that most things that people think are urgent are not really urgent, or maybe someone else's urgent doesn't necessarily need to fall into your lap. He shared some insights as well about when people are unhappy or insecure, that they're less creative. So, again, another reason to really promote and create these happier work environments. I will be sharing any of the resources that he mentioned. I will share those in the show notes for you so you can access those from wherever you're listening to the podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening this far. If you'd like to find out more about me and what I do, you will find all the information you need on my website, happieratwork.ie. Tune in next week for another great podcast episode. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Happier at Work podcast. I'm delighted to have you here. If you enjoyed this podcast, I'd love if you could rate or review the podcast or share it with a friend. You'll find me on the website, happieratwork.ie.